Hey everyone, uh, this is Brian. I am dropping in uh, to let you know how things have been going, which is not great. I have been uh, very sick. Um, not that makes it sound very much like I am dying. I am not. Um, well, okay, yes, I I am in the way that we all are. Um, this this is actually my second time recording this, and it's not getting better so we're just gonna keep going with it um but yeah I've been very sick and it's been kind of just like chain sickness where like one ends and another begins I've had no voice and no energy and we have not recorded which is a bummer because I very much wanted to have a new episode for you today um fortunately I went into the archives and dug out uh, this episode with Kevin O'Brien, Catherine the Great. Um, it was a fun one, and I hope you enjoy. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, thanks, to, really, honestly, thanks to everyone who reached out. It was very, very uh, nice. It really made my day. Um, okay, bye. February fourth, seventeen eighty nine. The Electoral College makes George Washington the first president. Of course, they had intended to order a pizza. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And we have a very special episode for you guys. Uh, one of Denver's finest comedians and citizens, I feel like. I prefer patriarch, but sure. Patriarch. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, <laughs> that, that's not where I thought you were going with that. Um, <laughs> a fine member of Denver's patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, co-creator <laughs> of These Things Matter, uh, Arguments and Grievances. Yeah. The beloved Kevin O'Brien. Beloved, that's me. Hello, thank uh, you so much. I had to think much. of an adjective, <laughs> and, I, and I think it applies. Yeah, was patriarch like too a Toni Morrison novel? <laughs> Did I overstate patriarch? He has the bluest eye, <laughs> Kevin O'Brien. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's all this I, I history think... I was reading today. It made me. It put me in the mind of like of monarchs and mm-hmm. establishment and yeah, blood and bloodlines. Mm-hmm. A lot of bloodlines, you know. Yeah, certainly nothing going on in current events would put you in the mindset of that <laughs> right now. Yeah, I mean, I think of you as a patriarch, but like the patriarch of an evil hillbilly family in like a Texas Chainsaw movie. Like, Just, oh, I was going to say like the guys that drink moonshine and do their fun dances, but that was... Sure, I mean, bad. there's two sides to every coin. <laughs> yeah. I'll be, I'll you be can cannibalize family, one yeah. night and the next night you're blowing on a jug. Yeah, yeah. the, the cannibal family probably had good times too. I'm yeah. sure they no Whoever talks about that. They made xylophones out of all them bones. <laughs> Partied all night long. <laughs> I remember that cartoon. Yeah, yeah of course. Sure oh, well, listeners, if you're new, <laughs> segue. It's always each episode it gets more and more ridiculous trying to segue right out it. the gate. <laughs> Perfect, um, listeners. If you're new to the show, each episode we take a topic from history. One person presents the official version of events. Another person comes up with a crazy batshit alternate version, and the winner gets to become the truth going forward. Uh, tonight we're talking about Catherine the Great, uh, this last in our trilogy on Sophia Alexeyevna and Peter the Great. Um, yeah. Wait, this is a trilogy? So uh, they're like tangentially connected. I okay. Guess. Yeah, they're like yeah, they ruled sequentially, so, so semi sequentially. Yeah, yeah. So 
whatever. So uh, cross-reference whatever I say with previous episodes to figure mm-hmm. out what is wrong and inaccurate, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure. Well, we can... <laughs> we. I mean, that's putting it very harshly, I feel like. Okay. Yeah. Um, last episode uh, with Megan DePonso, the alternate history won out, uh, which established various institutions like Raven University, I think. Yes. Oh, no, not Raven... Was it Raven University or Raven's Carrying Messages? Well, it was Raven's University, but their primary method of teaching was via Raven. Right. Okay. It was like a correspondence yeah. school. And Peter had a lifelong obsession with establishing the first hot water park, I think yeah. it was. <laughs> well, <laughs> well like I thought it was hot... just water park and like hot was like, yeah, it's really popular. This is a hot springs are we talking <laughs> yeah, about? I think the intention was... I can get was, on board with that. I think the intention was, yeah, like a hot springs park. But when I say hot water park, it does sound like a singles... Resort. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, like an 80s TNA movie. Yeah, an 80s TNA movie. You have to be a seven or above to get into that mm-hmm. water park. Peter's hot water You must park. be this hot to enter. <laughs> On VHS from Kino. This week, uh, Kevin, you've got the actual history. Zach, you're taking the alternate. Mm-hmm. So I think if we're all ready, Kevin, you can take us away. All right, so I'll be very... Uh, accurate history is very loose considering... Uh, also, I chose the accurate history because I love history. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like... Oh yeah, it's just stories, and then I realized I knew nothing about Russian history, uh-huh. like at all. No, yeah. Russian like, history is bananas. Like I like Anastasia. That's about my <laughs> yeah. And I hate to reveal this to you, that animated film is not one hundred percent accurate. No, not even close. And uh, did so, you know Rocky Four? Not quite true. Well, that I don't know. They were on a lot of roids. If you, if you look at the anti-doping agency, yeah. and there was um, that big servant butler robot boom in the. Mid-80s. <laughs> Happy birthday, Polly. Uh, but yeah, it was... I I uh, I was really taken aback about how little... Also, I thought this happened 100 years later than it actually did. No. <laughs> like, when you the Captain of the Great, I was like, oh yeah, late 1800s, like they killed all the kids. They're like, no, that was a different revolution. <laughs> like, it's like, a, I don't know, Russian history is very dense. As we've established, a lot of dead kids in Russian history. Dude, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> It's like it's so dense, and there, it's and just kids dying all the time. There's also like there's never this is one thing I find very intriguing about Russian history. There's never really a vacuum of power, yet it's constantly people trying to create a vacuum of power, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Catherine the Great, I think, is like the best example of that in a lot of, or maybe the most. Uh, modern example of that. Mm. Catherine the Great wasn't even fucking Russian, first of all. No, uh, I don't know if you. I don't know if you could tell. I don't know if you could tell by the paintings. Uh, very plump German woman. Yeah, I thought <laughs> she was born in Poland. Yeah, because <laughs> she always has a German flag or Prussian. Her, excuse me. A little, yeah, yeah, a mini German flag, and she's mm-hmm. always eating the Kleine Schnitzel. Well, and, there, and there's something about like the German physique. You know, she has very short, pointed mm-hmm. nose, chubby cheeks, like. It was never really one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, no. and, when, and obviously so. But like her parents were both royalty, but were not actually royalty. It was like one of those things in a, in a lot of ways. Like <laughs> one of those. Things. Her dad, her dad. So her dad was like a German prince, but they had no money. Like just no, like it was. Trump in some ways, you know what I mean? Like this, this idea of like, if you can hang around the aristocracy and fake it long enough, you'll just become one of them. Yeah, but on paper, you have no cash. Yeah, that's that's going to be the next four years of him trying to well, be like, no, this is this is what I really am. In fairness, Trump's father definitely had cash. Trump himself 
little more debatable. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like Trump now, it's like it's more of the the if you carry yourself in a certain way. So her dad was one of the princes of like of the German Empire or something mm-hmm. like that. Her mom also like part of nobility and royalty, but they she so they thought like they would have their son. Like we were like, okay, maybe we could force our kid into the back door of being like the king of Sweden or something. Like, let's let's make a country yeah, an entry level monarchy, <laughs> which is still a monarchy. Yeah. Like yeah. nobody nobody pays attention to. They were like, so, like, Sweden. but at the monarchs dance, like you're getting picked last. If you go to monarchs dodgeball, the monarch of Sweden is like, I guess since somebody took Prussia already. Yeah, but you guys are smarter than me, I assume. With this era, <laughs> that's a very dangerous assumption. Well, I, don't, I don't know as much about it, but to me, like whether whether it be 1800s, 1700s, whatever, it seems like Sweden was where they workshopped. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, it was the open mic of Russia in a lot of ways. Well, not just Russia, but also Prussia and mm. England, and like there was a, like Sweden. They were just kind of taking other European dignitaries mm-hmm. or. Like the girls, essentially, they would just be like, "Oh, you want the boy to be king? Well, we'll take, we'll take your princess or whatever." Yeah. <laughs> Sweden, yeah. Sweden doesn't want to have shit to do do with them at all. So, uh, Catherine the Great, she was born Sophia uh, Holstein or something like that. She was from the House of Holstein from Prussia, but they were like, essentially, her mom was like a stage mom. Like it was like Lindsay Lohan's mom, where they, she was like she was take she took her to to Frederick the Second of Prussia, who had influence with Elizabeth the Empress of Russia, and she was pretty much Catherine Great's mom was like, hey, uh, what about me? Hey, and they're uh, like, no, don't you have that like don't you have that uh, smart daughter? And she's like, no, she's a problem, mm-hmm. but I'm here. <laughs> so it took like three days or some shit like that for her to find like the last day. Catherine the Great's mother was like, oh, she doesn't have a dress. She can't come to the ball. Yeah. So Frederick II was like, get her a goddamn dress, bring her to me. Let yeah. me just see this thirteen-year-old. With yeah, a big brain. I mean, we're putting a lot of the blame on her mother right now, but this is a weird system. I mean, the whole system. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, maybe, but this is what it is. the whole system set up in this way. Like yeah. all, like, and I don't think this is something. Maybe it's an American bias or what. But up until like the 19th century, even oh well, shit, even into the t- World War One is indicative of this. But it's like most of uh, of monarchies. It was batshit, dude. Mm-hmm. Like there, there. Were, I mean, there were obviously no elections or anything like that. But instead of like voting somebody out of office, you just murder them and then fuck their kid, and then your kid with the person you murders kids kid would then become king, mm-hmm. and then that gave you the power somehow. Is like maybe this is an American bias. I just love that. That was the lead in for but this he, objectively crazy thing. But well, that's uh, who yeah, knows. No, I we, know. But if you think about it from like you know the 1700s, the American experiment was the crazy thing because yep, this true. is. Like, because I'm it saying. involves no murder. Yeah, right? Like what? except all the murder. The, the original yeah, murder. Exactly that yeah. <laughs> like it was there was nearly 2000 years worth of just murder and families and coups mm-hmm. and all of that and then all of a sudden some dudes 
who had slaves who were like, hey, we're going to be over here 2,000 miles away across an ocean. We're just going to let people figure it out on their own, which was <laughs> Except not... these other people. Well, yeah, of course. Be... Well, not, well, not, yeah, not, no, the, not the people that live there, of course. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a monarchy of sorts. But after, after all this time of Catherine the Great's mom trying to force herself into a conversation that nobody <laughs> wants her to be a part of. And also Catherine the Great's dad, who, oh man, what was, oh, what was his name? Charles of, uh, so German. It's the most German of Charles, or no, Christian August, Prince of Anhalt Zerbst. <laughs> oh yeah. Ooh, that's, he was, the, so, that's the good stuff. So he wasn't down with any of this. <laughs> Like he like this, this is, is not how we do things in Anholzer. Yeah, he was he was a Lutheran first of all, so he was so he and also a proud Prussian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if anything, I think if you're the broke if you're the broke one who is attached to money, you're gonna be a company man more than anybody else. Like <laughs> like you know like if you watch any '80s like teen movie, it's the poorest kid who's the one who is trying to align himself with a rich kid. Yeah, like the, the bully's sidekick, basically. Yeah, exactly. A toady, yeah. if you will. <laughs> sure, I will. Yeah, and so that so that was already a conflict, but they they left, and they went to Berlin to meet with Frederick, and, and this, like, for her mom, this is her opportunity, like I said, like Lindsay Lohan's mom or something like that, or it's like, oh, well, but I'm still the star, too. <laughs> <laughs> And the biggest problem with Catherine the Great as a teenager is she questioned things like that. I mean, that got a Kennedy lobotomized in the yeah. 60s. You know what I mean? Like, so imagine like 200 years prior to that. And so they finally like, uh, so, so Frederick of Prussia like sizes her up and was like, you know what? This is a young whippersnapper. Mm-hmm. In which it, you got to put yourself in the, like, how weird is it if there is, if there's like, a monarch of of a country or uh, a regionality that you're a part of, and everybody shows up, and they're like, "Let's see this new teen bride who may work her way up," and they're all just sitting there watching a middle aged man be so charmed by a, like a 13 year old, like 14 year old, which in and of itself is weird as fuck, yeah. you know, like <laughs> so bizarre. But he's like, oh, she's really got something. You know what? I'm good friends with the with the Empress of Russia, Elizabeth, and I. You know what? I think you got some. I think you got some moxie, kid. <laughs> I, I think say, you. I think yeah, you, like, you got the stuff. That's right. Like the story of Catherine the Great really comes down to this was this was a girl who just had a lot of gumption. <laughs> like she yeah, learned like the fucking the runaways. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, and also controlled by a man, yep. much like the runaway, like. But be it like too smart for her own good, yet had other people see that. You know, I, like oftentimes when a young person is too smart for their own good, it's adult authority that comes and tries to break their will and to get them to fall in line. Mm-hmm. But with Catherine and the Great, people just continually were impressed, surprised, blown away by a 13 year old that could learn Russian out of nowhere. That would just give up her faith tradition of being a Lutheran from Germany. Not o- not only faith, but like identity. Mm-hmm. Especially if you know anything about the Germans and the Prussians, it's all about the fatherland. You know, yeah. like so for her to just be like, eh, you know, sure. my father's poor. This is all. <laughs> this all sucks. Maybe I'll try to be in Russian. My mom doesn't even like me. You know, like my brothers died. So this is the only <laughs> opportunity for a family. 
And so Frederick Great's like, oh, the Empress Elizabeth of Russia, you know, this young lady should have really got something. Meanwhile, uh, Peter the Third, mm. who, who is a descendant, like a great grandchild of Peter the Great, mm-hmm. who is a descendant of Alexander the Great, like the like, you know, you see the the paintings of these strapping men and like the bloodlines of conquerors of Eastern Europe and all this, and uh, and she and Elizabeth adopts this kid, and so Catherine the Great. Then shows up thinking like, oh my God, I'm going to be right there with a 15-year-old version of Alexander the Great. And instead, (laughs) it's like some pasty 11-year-old alcoholic. That's... That's playing his hobbies. In great Russian tradition. Yeah. <laughs> his yeah. hobbies are getting drunk and playing with toy soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and, and toy soldiers to really push it over <laughs> over the edge. And but what does Catherine Great do? She'd be like, you know what? An opportunity is an opportunity. Yeah. Lemons out of lemonade. But then out Wait, of nowhere, Elizabeth dies. Right. So it's like okay. So now Peter, who was adopted into the royal family of the Russians. Has all of a sudden become the leader of the largest landmass and greatest empire in the tradition of his great grandpa and Alexander the Great. And what does he do with it? Plays with his toy soldiers, yeah. just like gets drunk, doesn't fuck his wife. <laughs> well, who's his, also kind of his cousin yeah. at the same time. Who's who's also at the same time uh, apparently fucking a lot of other people who aren't her husband. That well, and I that's I won't slut shame, okay? No, no, I'm not slut shaming, I'm just saying because they're the big gotta get it where you can get it. And Peter, (laughs) yeah, he's an 11 year old child, he's drunk, he's (laughs) drunk. And the big myth is like, oh, they never consummated their marriage, and it was like, well, how could they? (laughs) Also, what are you asking of these people? Isn't that weird in and of itself? Like, I mean, this situation is very weird, but the, this isn't the only situation like this. Or um, people like Peter taking a backdoor route into a monarchy, yet there's still these forced marriages and also so much inbreeding, too. Like, oh. the fact, it, it, in, in a lot of ways, it makes sense Peter III was the way that he was because it's so back like these are the people that thought to cure a disease you just bleed the person <laughs> like just blood Catherine the Great even said that like bloodletting saved her life like on two occasions yeah. but they also thought like okay well we come from this like conquerous noble stock how do we make it stronger they're like more of that noble stuff let's get let's get all these yeah let's get all these cousins fucking each other and instead you just have a bunch of pasty hemophilia back in the day they called it triple distilled (laughs) smirnoff huh yeah russian kettle one (laughs) like it may like it makes so much sense in a lot of ways but you but then again but then again it's like yeah on paper Total, totally, totally. Well, I mean, the, the well, yeah, sure. Their motivation makes sense, but I mean, like, uh, like the way that things played out, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But they weren't paying any attention to any of that. No. And so, of course, you're going to have like some impotent man-child, pasty toy soldier alcoholic who gets a voluptuous, <laughs> self-actualized <laughs> German fifteen-year-old. Keep in mind, these are like. 13, 14, 15 year olds. But the fact Catherine the Great was that 
maybe it speaks to German roots. I don't know. But yeah. to be that um, confident, but calculating and to just take advantage of the opportunities. Yeah. Totally. And once you see what happens once she marries Peter the third, it, it all makes sense because this Peter the third was only in charge for six months. It was like the least blissful honeymoon. <laughs> like, of course, they weren't banging or anything. But in the meantime, Catherine the Great's looking around, seeing all these hulking war heroes, these Orlovs hanging around. These not children. Yeah. <laughs> the, the men that look like they came out of the Alexander the Great and the Peter the Great paintings, like strapping, like just battle-worn dudes. So she's just like, well, I'll just bang these guys. Like, if this little twerp... <laughs> is it going to be giving me what I want? And also, this is uh, something I learned today, very sick and twisted about Peter III. Uh, a rat of his, or not his, that's even weirder if he had pet rats, but there was a rat that ate some of his toy sh- toy soldiers are like made of wood blocks. Also, keep in mind, these are royals and they have rats in their place. So like, <laughs> you know, 18th century sucked Yeah, across the <laughs> As board. A whole. As we've discussed before, everyone it's, smelled like shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, all the time. So, dude, so much so, like, when even before Catherine the Great had this meeting with Frederick II, her mom, in, in fears that she was too smart for her own good, took her to all these, like, monasteries and things to show her what happens to a spinster. Uh. And, and one of them was, like, a distant aunt of hers who was locked up in some... Uh, Greek ortho- or Russian Orthodox monastery, and she was living with 16 pugs in the room with her. And this is like 1800s, too, so there was shitting everywhere. And so it traumatized Catherine the Great so much. <laughs> the smell of the door opening up, oh, and her mother, like, This is what loneliness smells like. <laughs> And of course it's pugs because yeah. we all know that's the dog of a sad woman. Like, <laughs> oh, well, I was going to say now 16 pugs is like an Instagram like feed and dog the pug, right? Yeah. Ooh, she been... <laughs> but to be a spinster was like that was a fate worse than death in a lot of ways. Like it smelled worse than death. <laughs> yeah. When you're dead, you can't smell yourself decaying. Yeah. It's all gross. So anyways, so Peter the third grabs a rat he says it was the rat that ate all of his toys or whatever mm-hmm. and instead of just first of all to to grab and be like you were the one that did it. it's weird as fuck already. i could punish you somehow yeah even weird but what he does is he like hangs it up on a noose in catherine the great's bedroom because they don't share their own rooms hangs it up in the room and puts like a sign on it of like this is what happens to traitors <laughs> or so yeah Christ. like really sociopathic fucked up like that wouldn't fly in a group home yeah let alone in the house of romanoff you know (laughs) so she's like 15 sees that and then sees like these hulking war heroes that are like hey you're pretty you're pretty good looking for a german gal you're not hanging small animals in my bedroom (laughs) so it took like like this is like shannon doherty level shit like the, the 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 like she was married for like less than a week Starts sizing up the scene, and uh, when the opportunity strikes, and poor Peter the Third, like such a dandy, uh, pasty blue blood, <laughs> so like he's like, you know, what we should do. We got this palace down on the water. You know, it's not cold here all the time. Maybe you and I, we just have a little getaway. She's like, 
yeah, that sounds great. Uh, I'll I'll le- I'll catch up with you tomorrow. And he's like, <laughs> okay, and take and he leaves, gets there, and in that one day, Catherine the Great grabs these hunky ass war heroes and was like, so we're gonna get rid of this twerp, right? And they're like, oh. Yeah, I'm glad you said something because we were just gonna I'm do it anyways. I didn't want to be the first one. Yeah, to, like, like, like uh, I didn't want to be executed because I don't know if you guys are like still together, but yeah, totally yeah, on the same page. So these two beefy brothers pretty much just abdicate the throne with Catherine the Great, and her, and then initially she's like, "Well, I won't execute him. I'll leave it up to the Orlovs. And they yeah. can do what they want." So of course these dudes are just getting off. Like torturing no. this little they, twerp. They try to get him to abdicate, but from what I understand, he ends up uh, beaten to death after all for offering paltry resistance to them. <laughs> He's like, "No, please, I'm the king." He's like putting up his fey hands, like a wooden spear. Like, bang. Meanwhile, bang, bang. they have maces, and they're just like <laughs> beating over that. Where the Catherine the Great finds out, she's like, "Oh, well, I guess they got carried away. I told, <laughs> I told them to let him live." And that got out of hand. If, ooh, I got a hand. Then 60 years later, she rules all of Russia. That's it. That's like, that's pretty much like that. It was that fast. It was like within the span of like less than two years, she went from, I mean, Grant, she came from like, she had the access. That's the biggest difference between like a peasant and a poor noble mm-hmm. or a poor monarch. Like you could be cat. That's what I'm saying with Trump. Like you can be cash poor, but if you can, if you still have the access to the 1% of Prussia and Russia at that time due to titles, essentially is what yeah. it came down to. Like Name. her dad yeah. was given a title and her mother was given a title and they had a connection to German or at that time, Prussian, uh, families in in the monarchy, but not within the Russians. And not only did Peter the Third get a lot li- like a, a life preserver thrown to him from Elizabeth because of the bloodline. Well, this is the last grandchild of Peter the Great. This is how backwards this shit is too. It's got nothing to do with any actual ability or yeah, no attributes marriage. or yeah. anything. But she's like, this is the last grandson or great grandson, whatever it is, to Peter the Great who was the grandson of Alexander the Great. Mm-hmm. So she's like, that's ah, good for business. We just bring him into the family. Yeah. She's like, I'll adopt this little twerp. It'll be fine. So th- that in and of itself was already th- some backdoor shenanigans. <laughs> then Catherine the Great, then Catherine the Great goes in the side door of the back door and within less than a year becomes... The fucking princess or, or queen, excuse me, yeah. of the entire Russian Empire, which at that point, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, the USSR, that's what they were striving to maintain was like they yeah. conquered all the Eastern Bloc, the wars with the Turks and the Ottoman Empire mm-hmm. and all that. And all it took was a 15, 14, 15 year old girl who spoke two languages, who thought a bunch of male authorities were full of shit. But to see the one way that she could sneak her way in there and then the next 60 years unequivocally ruled all of Russia and for the better. Yeah. Like arguably for the better. Ended ended the surf system. There was a surf system that was in place and her being a poor nobility gave her enough empathy to realize that the feudal system was making no sense for Mm. the Russian people. Yeah. And also... She banged a lot of dudes. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Like, 
for that for that period of time, like Elizabeth II had some of this as well. But to be the man, we couldn't fucking elect Hillary Clinton in 2016. Yeah. But in the 18th century, 17th century, there was a couple women in England and Russia that were not only able to rule over their countries, but to be unabashed in doing so. Mm-hmm. And to have many... Because Catherine the Great never married again after that. She had illegitimate children here and there. And even the even the son that she had with quote-unquote Peter the Third, which everybody knows, yeah. wasn't really his kid. That kid was now part of Russian nobility and part of the monarchy. Yeah. So they don't really care about bloodlines... Yeah, it's all it's all about it's it's who's in power, right? Mm-hmm. It's who's in power and who has a connection to power. So if Catherine Grace in power, she has illegitimate children. She's like hooking up with these war soldiers and heroes and stuff. Everybody's like, all right, that's all right. Yeah. Well, that foreign that's, diplomats and leaders also. Yeah, that's the people, new. She installed the prince of some country who was just a guy she was fucking, and she was like, I like fucking you. How about you have this country? <laughs> and, that's, and that's the new I just, nobility. I just imagine her saying that if she pins a medal on his chest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good, good dick. Well, did you see her? That is like a purple heart, man. I mm-hmm. imagine. She was a beefy lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also imagine like 18th century Russia, much like today, really thirsty for good dick, basically. Yeah. There's not a lot of it. Well, And I think maybe that's probably the most impressive thing about Catherine the Great is that... <laughs> Not only, well, not the thirsty for dick thing, but at like how thirsty the Russians were for any sort of, because she was an authoritarian based off of the coup Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. But as a leader, it was, like I said, to end the feudal system, to brush back the Ottoman Empire. Fucking Crimea was huge. Back then, like that was like a point of contention to make sure the Turks didn't get Crimea. Sound fucking familiar to anybody? Yeah. <laughs> like it, and so it was like it's it's so fascinating how quickly the Russians were willing to fall in line behind a German, a, not only a German but a poor German woman, mm-hmm. uh, based off of one, essentially one action. I mean, there was a lot of things that led up to that, obviously, but the act of the coup. Mm-hmm. Of the little pasty twerp that everybody knew was that, like, yeah. in, like endeared her to to her people. Even though they weren't really her people, they became her people because if I think for I would imagine for the Russians at that time, it felt like a revolution, even though it wasn't, especially compared to a hundred years later yeah. with the Russian Revolution, it wasn't a. a only one person died as opposed to like 12 or whatever. <laughs> 12, yeah. Or whatever, whatever, you know, whoever, like back. Well, and that was different too because the people were the ones that were involved right. in the uprising. But to to have to have that much power and to uh, endear yourself and ingratiate yourself with, with the steeliest of populations, which is the Russians, as a 15-year-old girl is so impressive. Like you had... She, she well, honestly, if she would have grown up today, she would have been like, if you were to take Beyonce and Hillary Clinton and mash them up into like the most powerful, likable woman of the 20th century, because mm. that's essentially what it was. Like her reign lasted over 50 plus years, you yeah. know, like and that like that's incredible to me in a lot of ways, but also fucked up, dude. <laughs> I will say as a point of. Clarification, because I could be wrong about this too. 
But based on what I read, the only critic critique I have of that is that I don't think she ended the surf system. What I read was she had personally about half a million serfs and the Russian Empire had 2.9 million. And her, her, her approach to the serfs was mostly, I really don't want to deal with any of this. And they were mostly unhappy during her reign. But she was great on education. But you know, that and she really advanced the, the bureaucracy of the state. Well, yeah. Well, effective. and also, for, and, you're, and you're totally right, but it's like she moved, she moved the goalposts inward more sure. on all that stuff. But fucking Thomas Jefferson, right? Right. Like, like to own slaves, yet also write that no, all men are created yep. equal. It's that same sort of like there is, a, which I think is says a lot about the times, is that there can be a level of cognitive dissonance, is that you, you know that something is wrong or you don't agree with it, but based off of the power structure... Yeah. You're willing to just like go along, or you know, it's like an incremental change, and that, like, that, she was, yeah, it's, like, there's a lot of similarities in, in a lot almost of Almost everything, like, she conquered a bunch of lands from everything I read. She was great in almost every, she was surprisingly progressive about integrating Islam. The only two areas I saw any real critique were she didn't do that as good a job with the surf system as she could have, and she tried to integrate Jews and it just didn't work. So she was like, all right, Jews are not part of Russia. And she created that area where Fiddler on the Roof yeah. takes place. Yeah, the shuttle. But that yeah. was like that was like a hundred plus years later before that's what I mean. Like it's, But that gave us Fiddler on the Roof. It did give us Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine the Great. Co author of Fiddler <laughs> on the Roof. <laughs> Sunrise, sunset. Tradition. Yeah. Tradition. There's many traditions. <laughs> Normally us being persecuted. This is now this is now a radio play of Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> I love I love Fiddler on the oh, Roof. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, thank you. Thank you. No, I was. I'm sorry, I got carried away. No, I, that's I got. I got so into this over the past couple of days. <laughs> Zach, uh, if you're ready with the alternate, yeah. Uh, so we covered a lot of stuff, like that she was born in Poland in uh, 1729, right? And uh, through political connections, through her parents and through Frederick, eventually she was betrothed, uh, sort of arranged into a marriage with Peter, who she did not care a great deal for. <laughs> But she did like uh, the current Empress of Russia, Elizabeth, who took a shine to her too. Um, and Elizabeth, kind of, like that's weird too, right? Because like Elizabeth seems to me like she always wanted a daughter but never got one. Yeah. So she went to Prussia to like she shopped around. She's like writing cryptic notes to just her, like you know, yeah. like a, like royalty writing, like like imagine if like somebody was private texting your twelve year old daughter. Yeah. <laughs> And then it's like, oh, it's also uh, Margaret Thatcher, like that, no. like or it's Hillary Clinton. You'd be like, whoa, super weird. Like, to be fair, weird. Elizabeth's approach was all, uh, approach to Catherine's mom was also like, fuck that lady, she sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but uh, Elizabeth herself, of course, came to power because she kind of overthrew Ivan the Fourth, who was um, is he the terrible one? No. He was, uh, when he was implemented as the ruler, uh, like six months old and ran and ruled the country for like four years. And Elizabeth successfully like overthrew him and his family. And he, what, that's take, a very easy wait, overthrow. Why? She took his toys away? Like, yeah, let's put him face down in a crib. <laughs> and he ended up basically in solitary <laughs> confinement for 12 years. As a... 
five-year-old, four-year-old? Yeah, as a super little kid, yeah. Whoa. And then, Were they just feeding him fish heads down there? Yeah, pretty like, much. Yeah. He was like the ba- the attic Bart in that episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm talking about, yeah. But, um, yeah, and attic. the story goes that he was eventually killed when people tried to use him to overthrow Catherine and... <laughs> Like I, I know what before you mean they when could you free him, that, before they could free him, Catherine had standing orders. Like if somebody tries this shit, just kill him. <laughs> <laughs> this poor, this poor bastard. Yeah, just a pawn his yeah. entire life. But uh, the fact of the matter is, Elizabeth actually knew the truth, which was that Ivan was uh, the horrible Antichrist come again mm-hmm. in baby child form, and she <laughs> had to overthrow him for the good of all mankind. <laughs> because as we all know, it's like fucking um, Omen Three. Correct. <laughs> Damien becomes the president. Damien's vengeance. Uh, because as we all know, Ivan of Russia is an anagram for a favor is sin. <laughs> it's also an anagram for... Uh, um, uh, I favor in ass and... And uh, I favor anus, sis. So maybe so a lot of butt stuff. <laughs> but they got this one right. He was evil. Yeah, that was like that was the smear campaign against Ivan. I Russians mean, right. are notorious homophobes as well. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Um, and he cultivated his dark power uh, in his underground cell. He was called Ivan the, of the Underdark. <laughs> and Peter was his pawn. It was in fact Ivan the Terrible's worm, which we established earlier. He had a hell worm that could possess mm-hmm. people. Yep. <laughs> And he possessed Peter the Third to be Ivan's pawn because Ivan's got to stick together. Yeah. Oh. You know. So many. This is the other thing. So many motivations with Russian politics and. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some people have a very strong pro anus agenda. Correct. It could be two things. Um, So uh, when Peter secretly killed Elizabeth, Catherine knew she had to do something about it and knocked off Peter, but knew that one day Ivan might rise again. From the Underdark. And uh, and so she began her progressive campaign of education. Because as we've established earlier, a lot of Russians had this from an earlier episode, I think the Sofia uh, Alexievna's episode. Uh, Russian men knew that Russian women had latent magical and or telekinetic abilities. Mm-hmm. And so she decided to harness those abilities and she founded the Moscow Fandling, uh, Foundling Home <laughs> or the Moscow Orphanage. Uh, to teach young Russian children about magics. <laughs> is this gonna? Is this like a Professor Xavier thing or like a hug? <laughs> yeah, thing? I was gonna say it. Sounds oh, like I'm gonna X-Men. have my cake and eat it too. <laughs> it's both. <laughs> now this closed because there was a high mortality rate. Just the look in the the thing your eyebrows did when you said that to me. Oh. <laughs> uh, this closed because there was a high mortality rate, mostly because the staff was very irresponsible. Um, they were having these children do things they should not be doing as teenagers, like fighting dragons and flying high above the ground. <laughs> Kids are going to die. But during this time, uh, Ivan would attack this school consistently. Conveniently, there would be a mystery that would last all year, and then the major event would happen at the end of the year every single time. Very, very scheduled. <laughs> <laughs> but they did, to their credit, before they, they closed down, Prevect Ivan the, the the game from the Ivan the Terrible episode, the goat slaughtering game with mm-hmm. the snitch. Yeah, they perfected that, <laughs> and they got rid of most of the goat slaughter. Um, <laughs> really tying a bow in the series of episodes. I got it's a trilogy. We got to bring it all together. <laughs> I'm glad I picked the right side of this. Um, so after that failed, she realized, as Russian nobles knew all along, 
Russian females were more powerful, and she established the Solomny Institute for Noble Girls, where Professor Solomny, a wheelchair-bound woman, <laughs> taught the children to harness their psychic ability to fight Ivan of the Underdark. Uh, in the meantime, Catherine was taking many lovers across all of Europe and in Russia, uh, not just for pleasure, although also for pleasure. <laughs> well, it depends on the experience. Yeah. yeah. But Not also, everybody can finish the job. To gain information about Ivan's growing evil network, which we're just going to say was called Spectre with a K because it sounds more Russian. <laughs> <laughs> um, and eventually, uh, she did, near the end of her life, uh, face off against uh, Ivan uh, of the Underdark. Um, she gained an ancient artifact that could trap his soul uh, called the Compelling Orb. <laughs> uh, that's not from anything I think I just made it up um, it sounds very convincing and in her final confrontation of her she died a lot of people thought it was a stroke but no she, she died successfully trapping Ivan in this orb where he may or may not still be to this day oh no um, future episodes may or may not bear that out we very rarely make callbacks <laughs> <laughs> but you know you're invited to now but uh, that was her legacy, and also that um, <laughs> that's what and that's what made her so great. And peasants were kind of unhappy under her, but otherwise, that was her legacy. <laughs> so that was my alternate history I threw together this afternoon. Oh wait, that was alternate? I thought I just missed that chapter in what I was reading. Oh, that, it was a thick that, one. That was very yeah. believable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the orb. I remember reading about the orb. Right? Yeah, it didn't really fit in if you missed the chapter about the evil lord of <laughs> yeah, Russia and the competing schools of mutants and magic yeah oh man wait, is that wait well, that was the muslims right those are the competing schools <laughs> I mean, of magic at the yeah. time the the the, the turks were, the, were 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 professor x was he was he the ottoman empire yeah, <laughs> yeah. like the turks were x-force i think oh, okay. <laughs> the Solomni institute for noble girls was a real thing she was interested uh, she was interested in educating women better but the name was just so close for the xavier institute for gifted youngsters i couldn't pretty yeah. good uh, well, Zach, thank you. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, I was carried away by Kevin's enthusiasm. Imagine if I would have had my notes in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I would have had dates and names. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's why you kept calling her Crud Bump the Great. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, that fucking broad, right? <laughs> <laughs> Late Russian lady. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> On the other hand, I always appreciate a good, uh, good X-Men. And Harry Potter callback. Wait, is this a competition? Is there no. a winner? And there was James Bond in there too. Well, you pick a winner? Female James Bond. Yeah. Hashtag and after Craig. <laughs> Soon enough. If it couldn't be Idris Elba, let's let it be. Oh, it should be Idris Elba. He'd be the best. Idris Elba should be everything. Yeah. In my alternate history, he Idris Elba was, was James Bond. Did I not mention that part? Okay, well, then I have to give it to Zach. Yeah, I'm, I, oh, I can't. I, I, can't I can't rewrite. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. If Idris Elba's involved, I'm going to give it to Zach as well. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Zach. Before we leave, uh, Nighttime Tonight, uh, the new show at Deer Pile starts February 16th. We oh, have cool. Fucking great lineup. It's a live late night show. Great lineup for the first one. Oh, uh, really? Jose McCall. Yeah. Zach Welch. Uh, Kira McKaylin and Mara Wiles is headlining. Never heard of her. No, never, of course. The other three are funny, though. I don't know that much. <laughs> but that's February 16th at 9 p.m. Uh, the thing we're doing is each show, all the donations we collect will go to a different group that will probably need support in the Stand new America. comedians? <laughs> uh, <laughs> fair point. Yeah. Fair point. Comedians. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
we are collecting donations. The first show for the Marshall Project. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is a nonprofit uh, that does uh, journalism centered around the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so come check out that show. It's going to be fucking amazing. Uh, that's February 16th. Next one is March 16th. Uh, more details on that. Is it both of you guys? Um, oh, who's I, the I, host? Wait, what's, I, I'm sorry. I don't know anything about this show. No, Ooh. it's it hasn't. Well, like, well, Brian is going to play like the primary sort of host of it. Uh, I'm part of the team that is help writing it, and I will probably appear as various side characters. Yeah, oh, yeah, man, that's the way yeah. to do it. Um, and there'll also be special guests for that show. Um, and Kevin, uh, you're going to be leaving us soon. Yeah, big not, city. not to die, but to go to New York. No, bigger and better things. Oh, yeah. no offense to this podcast. This no, that's really fine. That's I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to insult we are, the thing. No, we're better than the city of New York. Yeah, we're bigger than New York. <laughs> our economy is huge. That's our John Lennon Thanks for having statement. some self-awareness. You guys are like the only people left in Denver that have some self-awareness. And you know, yeah. like, off to bigger and better things. We were like, well, what's wrong with us? Yeah. And I was like, that right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That exact reaction. <laughs> we got everything. There's breweries where you can have dogs. Ugh. My uh, we got everything. My rent will be the hey, same as it is in yeah, New York. A brewery where you could have a dog and a coffee shop where you can have a cat. And a comedy show. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's a comedy. Go to Mutiny Information. <laughs> Guys, Denver is great. That's uh, my, my plugs for Mutiny. Uh, Denver is a very fun city, but many other cities have other things going for No, Denver is great. I'm just, I've been here too long. That's mm-hmm. that's the perspective I'm taking now. Is like, nobody likes a guy that's talking about how great things used to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like I took this opportunity. I'm going to remove myself from the equation to walk into the cornrows and know, just sort of. Well, that's that's the next move. To be yeah. fair, for the next four years, we're all the guy who talks about how great things used to be. <laughs> that's fine. That's your that's your cross to bear, man. Like, I I'm 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 not going to be the one doing that. But yeah, I do a funny side sessions. We got one more mm-hmm. show on March second at Image Brew Studios. Uh, that's a fun show. It's a very uh, fun show, and, and you Mara can check Wiles out the sketches on, on yeah, uh, Funny yeah. or Die. Yeah, we're on you, we're on Funny or Die YouTube Vimeo, um, which is under Funny Side Sessions. A lot of stuff that me and Mara Wiles and uh, some other friends of ours, Jordan Dahl and Aaron Uris, and some other people have helped us write. We put all those up online, uh, and hopefully we'll do something similar to that once we move to New York, mm-hmm. but we don't know until that happens. But in the meantime, yeah, come and I'm doing a lot of shows uh, for the rest of February as well. Because, mm-hmm. uh, Man, if you want to get booked locally at some room you didn't care to do in the first place, just tell Leave. people you're moving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I'm be, moving I'm, to a new city every month just trying to fucking get on. Dude, that's, I'm telling you. It's like I did, I've done stand-up here for eight and a half plus years, and people are like, hey, can you MC or feature my show? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess. I'll take it. Yes, yeah, you know, sentimental reasons. Or just like, I don't want to seem like a snob, but it's right, like, no. it would have been nice to get the headlining spot two weeks before I moved. <laughs> right. But also the Arguments and Grievances podcast. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't do the show in Denver anymore. I had that ended in November, but... Uh, we are uh, reformatting, I guess. I don't know what the right word is. We're not rebranding, but uh, we, we're... Repackaging. Sh- well, yeah, the show in Denver doesn't exist anymore, obviously. And then the show in Chicago is coming to an end in April, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we're going to be strictly in New York and L.A. Um, so we're going to put all our effort in the podcast as well, which is on iTunes and also on the Sexbot Comedy page and things like that. Yep. Uh, but hopefully... Uh, after the next couple months, um, we're only going to have, you know, 
Big New York City comedians on there. And these LA, these LA Heat, yeah. you know. Yeah, your first hot. guess is fucking Pizza Rat or whatever. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> can, That's a could get, we yeah. get him? He didn't have a lot to say, but man, he brought a lot of energy. Yeah, and pizza. Mean, he brought pizza, so he, how could he, he just puts butts in the seats? Is yeah, the thing pretty much? Yeah, and we're uh, we're looking for a venue. I think we're probably going to be at the People's Improv Theater in New York. Nice. Um, March 31st, but that's not entire. I don't know why I'm plugging things that I'm not sure are booked or not. Yeah. <laughs> but leave it in. Who cares? It's probably Whatever. right. Um, Zach, Stage of Fools is... Continues for a couple more weeks. Uh, it's uh, off until the 12th, so there won't be a new episode until probably the 17th What is so. Stage of Fools? It's is another it podcast show? I do uh, oh. that revolves around a horrible television show on the E-Television Network. Oh, the worst. Yeah, it's their first scripted drama, and it's loosely based on Hamlet, so there you go. <laughs> Wait, Incredibly is, loosely based. Very loosely based. Is this Unreal? Are you talking about Unreal? No, it's time? called The Royals. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal is a great show. I haven't the watched. The Royals is I have, garbage. I haven't watched Unreal. So Unreal is a good first season in an oh, yeah, mediocre. Yeah, that's fair. I hate the E Network. Yeah, it's yeah. not good. I no. love pop culture, but I hate the E Network. Yeah. Well, what a weird ending, huh? Right. <laughs> well, just no, hate I, on another network. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, as for me, Funny Final Four at Comedy Works, April oh, 7th. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, check that out. Kevin, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry I talked too much. No, that's... It's what I do. <laughs> uh, Zach, thank you as always. Uh, of course, yep. For everyone here at The Revisionist, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. Have a good time. Have a good time.